Welcome to the Jada is our Queen podcast, where a black woman, a brown woman, and a white woman who love each other get in the room with a mic. My name is Julia. And I am Chaz. And I am Bernadette. So we're here to find pleasure in diversity and to stretch our comfort zones while staying connected at all costs. The aim is to break down privilege in a way that feels good and also use our collective privilege to champion and cheerlead inspirational women from across the globe. That's right. Isn't it, Chaz? Well, pleasure. Pleasure. We wanted to talk about something lighter, didn't we? So pleasure Mm -hmm. it is, I think. Well, it might not necessarily be light, but um, we're going to talk about it anyway. We're going to talk about it anyway in our... Um, in the way we'll probably go into the down at some point and then up again. Yeah, it's our way. <laughs> down it's and up, we, yeah. It's how we roll. It's how we roll. <laughs> ah, so how do you like to roll, pleasure-wise? Um, I would say that the one thing, the one thread that runs through my life, if I could, um, you know, distill it into one word, would be freedom. Mm. Um, I want to be free to enjoy pleasure the way that I feel pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything. For instance, um, I would like to be free to enjoy the fact that London has a great transport system. Um, and I'd like to be free to enjoy that without other people's mobile phones. That would be yeah. great. <laughs> that would be pleasurable. Um but you know that's uh, that's something I could moan about, and I'm I'm not going in to. Ter- in terms of the when they play, okay, we're already getting annoyed, aren't we, Chairs? We're already getting annoyed. Well, at I, world. I'm not getting but- annoyed. It's it's to, for me. It's um it's almost like um a, a metaphor, you know, that mm. where my boundaries get crossed. Okay. And when where my pleasure is infringed loud. on. Yes. Yeah. So if they yeah. play their music out loud or they have very loud conversations, seemingly mm. unaware that they're actually in a public space, not in their own living rooms, um, yeah. that is curtailing of other people's space. Well, yeah. I was in the doctor's surgery yesterday and there was one woman there. This is a a waiting room full of people and there's one woman playing her mobile phone out loud. And the same thing, it wasn't, I mean, I I don't mind. I mean, I live in a kind of rabbit hutch flat um, where the walls are so thin. Um, You can literally, you you know, you can hear everything of everybody all around you. And I generally don't mind it unless it's tv Mm. it really does bother me then it's you know i'll hear arguing i'll hear shagging i'll hear kids screaming at three in the morning i'll hear our asian neighbor having shouty conversations at two in the morning because he's on the phone to india i'll take all of that i mean that last one is a bit annoying i'll admit but you know it's it's the sound of human beings but Mm. this kind of the sound of tinned machine uh, TV is particularly um, invasive, isn't it? Yes, it is. And in a way, it's uh, indicative of the uh, the pleasure that I don't get. So now I have to go out looking for pleasure because there isn't a general consensus that mm. we can all experience pleasure. 
There mm-hmm. is seems to be, seems to be, you know, probably isn't, but it seems to be a general consensus of my pleasure matters more than yours. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, when you take that between the sheets, right? that sucks, right? And that sucks. <laughs> maybe not a good word, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I find this often, like, when if people come to me to... Um, increase their sexual pleasure. Often that's, you know, people come feeling a bit blocked. Um, The first thing I get them doing is always locating reality within your own bodily felt sense because Mm. especially as women, we're so deeply conditioned to please the needs of, like we put our reality outside of our body Mm. all the time, you know. This makes us very um, generally, I know it's a generalisation, but it can make us very psychic. Like we can read what's going on around us very competently a lot of the time. But we're less attuned to what we want in the moment. Mm. And how can you have pleasure? How can you experience pleasure if you're not feeling? Well, you know, I am not married and I don't have children. And as far as this aspect of life goes, that kind of gives me an advantage because there's nothing to put my attention out on. Um, I live alone. I am Mm. bubbling with a friend and I have been for a while, but essentially I live alone. So it's, um, you know, I have to tune into, and I suppose you do too, as a, as a kind of polar opposite to me, as a married lady with a child, you know. A married um, woman. I'm a married woman. Yes. I'm a married woman. Married woman. I'm a married woman <laughs> practicing piano forte and embroidery skills. Yes, no, Karen. And making lace. <laughs> making lace and polite conversation. I yeah. mean, I, I think there's something... Um, you know, we, we are menopausal women and we talk about our aches and pains and possibly most of our listeners are women of a certain age who, you know, have a similar experience, physical experience. And one of the things I found bizarrely pleasurable is to really give attention to a place where I'm having pain. Really? Yes, Oh, my goodness. So I realized that when I give attention to a place where I'm having pain, which came about, and it was an idea that came about by meditation, via meditation, Mm -hmm. because I'm a great believer that I get a lot of downloads that are helping Mm me by Mm -hmm. meditation or by writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it came to me that when I have pain in various parts of my body, I also have fear and my fear tries to bat it to one side and which mm. means that the pain becomes even more acute. Yeah. Yeah. Um and there you know I just had this download to pay attention and when I paid attention it was bizarre that the that the pain actually lessened lessened. Wow. But it was a scary thing to look at. Because yeah. you don't want to have pain. I mean, in an ideal world, you want to be like you were when you were 17, with getting yes. up cross-legged from the floor with no hands. You know, that's how you want to be. <laughs> My God, was that even possible? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're saying that you can feel pleasure even in, in um, 
in the nasty stuff if you if if you put attention on it yeah so you put attention on it almost like your child has scraped its knee you know it's like mm. oh you know it's all mm. better now and and you know what what can i do for you how can i help you yeah i i find that hard actually i had quite a serious episode of pain last night so it's it's very fresh in my mind and it it um you know like i'm i'm i teach pleasure to people but of course you teach what you practice right and um it's always kind of two steps forward one step back and yeah. i i found that from um spending many many years at the computer typing and you know for me it, it's it's an incredibly pleasurable pursuit it's not even necessarily about being on social media um so much as I'm creating all the time like I've always been partly because you know from a very young age I was quite seriously asthmatic which meant I wasn't really able to run around with other children in quite the same way so it made me very creative in a kind of inside the house way and um from writing to sewing in fact you know passions that we both share like dressmaking and um writing and uh, even just building an online business or a coaching practice hours and hours and hours at the screen it's so easy to forget it's so easy to extract from your body mm. Mm. and I, I you know it seems to me like pleasure is the opposite of that mm. and I saw a uh, and that's what I practice and it's what I teach to people. And it's just, it's so interesting to me because like surely extracting is the ultimate kind of colonial project. You know, it's like we'll, we'll sail to other countries, you know, as a, as a, you know, British person or, you know, back in, back in the day when, when, um, Europe was trying to conquer the world, you know. We'll sail to other countries and we'll extract from them, mm. you know. And and so this really has been internalized, surely, to a, a place now where we're extracting from our own bodies just to pay the bills and survive, right? Yes, and we ask a different question. The, the problem with extraction and the, the resentment and anger and angst it causes and the pain that it causes is that we keep asking the same question. So we're going to keep getting the same answer. Um, I don't know if you remember that Bernadette posted up on Facebook quite some weeks ago now, but it was really interesting. If you want to come and live in my country, like Bernadette lives in Mexico, um, don't ask what you can get from the country. Ask how you can serve the country. Mm, um, mm. And so, you know, that kind of brings me back to, like, I don't have fresh, acute pain, mm. but I do have ongoing pain. Mm. Um, and it really um, affects the quality of my movement, in which case it affects the quality of my sleep, my life, how I sit down, how I, you know, type. Um, and, you know, so I do have a lot of resentment about it and fighting against it. 
And I don't have the answers, but mm. an answer that came to me was mm. to work with it. And yeah. the first question I ask is, yeah, what can I do for yeah. you? That's really beautiful. Just like you're talking about Mexico and Bernadette's question, what can I do for you? And it's in a way, it's even more prevalent when it's your own body. So like, because, you know, lots of people might say, okay, well, what can I do for you? How can I serve? Which is very beautiful. Like a lot of women talk to me about wanting to become more devotional as a kind of feminine practice path you know mm. and it I think it's all very well and good I mean like devotion is a very beautiful state I, I find but um it's you can't really get there until you can't really I'm not sure how you can get there from complete empty mm. like maybe you have to devote to your own well-being and your own nourishment and your own filling up through pleasure you know, as as being the um, the easiest way to do that, maybe you have to do that first. You know. Yes, I mean, I do think it's small steps. I was joking with a friend the other day um, because she gets so much done; she's so productive, and I'm going, oh, you know, what is your secret? Because I mm-hmm. flail around and get overwhelmed, and you know, I've mm-hmm. got a gazillion projects on the go. And she um, she was telling me her process, and I thought, well, that's just a set of practices, and I do those, you know. Uh, but I did go away and think about it, and I suddenly realised that as a child, I got exactly what I wanted whenever I wanted it, and I didn't question it because that was the natural order of things. Oh, as wow. an adult, having to pay bills and take care of myself and take care of a house and, you know, pay train fares, et cetera, mm. et cetera, um, I didn't have a childhood thing of going in lack. And so I expected to be given right uh, as an adult it's quite a big one to grow out of though it isn't is it? And, and so you know it occurred to me after I talked to her and I was thinking about this I was thinking ah that's why I get overwhelmed because I'm still in the stage where I expect a quantum leap in the things that I want appearing right exactly my what you were talking of, about last week yeah. yes and my idea of taking a smaller step is a giant leap So it's not a quantum leap, but it's a giant leap. But actually what is needed is pigeon steps. Yeah, I I really, when I re-listened to to our podcast last week where you talked about gratitudes and how you essentially pulled yourself out of suicidal depression through those baby steps. I mean, I found, I really did find it incredibly moving and I hope some of our listeners did too. So it, I think there's great power in what you're talking about coming back to baby steps. Mm. And in fact, one of the practices that I give to women at the early stages of working with them is the um, low hanging fruits. So you can, so I suppose what I'm trying to say is that you can do this with um, writing steps. You can do this with gratitudes or you can do it with pleasure. Mm. And, and one of the things we have, you know, we we do is go around and look at where can I actually get the pleasure from? Like even just the little things that are giving me pleasure that I'm not noticing and I'm not feeding off. Exactly. Yeah. What are they? And can I just take a moment with them? And also, can I 
get more of them? You know, can I mm. bump that? Can I turn up the volume a little? So it's curious, really, in terms of those little steps. You know, what do you get most pleasure from in your life currently? God, how long have you got? You mm-hmm. know, um, when I came out of that big depression, I call it the big depression, my <laughs> sister who lives in Canada sent me a beautiful uh, blank leather-bound book and you asked told, me. You told I did us this say, story. didn't I? Yeah. She, she asked me to write gratitudes in it. Yeah. And I was hard-pressed to write one or two or three, let alone a whole page of them. And it's the same with little pleasurable things. I find that I like things like grapes with soft cheese, Mm. you know. Um, I get a great deal of pleasure from my younger self. So some of our listeners will remember that I said a few weeks ago that today, right now, I'm the youngest I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I get a great deal of pleasure and devotion from my younger self when my younger self asks me as the older person what is it you would like what would give you pleasure later on and Mm. then my younger self makes sure that the washing is folded away in drawers right side out (laughs) and you know (laughs) socks off balled up right side out the bed is made every day oh you're a total ninja that's just those little that's how I've gone from I want a blue rally bicycle which is what I wanted when I was a kid and everyone wanted a rally bicycle I want a blue rally bicycle with these kind of handlebars and this color seat and I exactly got that bicycle without even trying only just saying I want it and thinking that I want it um (laughs) And, you know, that is the kind of thing that I'm giving my older self. I want to unroll a pair of socks and put them on my feet because I'm invariably late. So I want to not be turning them in to the right way round. (laughs) So all these tiny ways that you nurture yourself. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Tiny ways. And then, you know, for me, food is a great pleasure. Yeah. Um, Now, that pleasure has a darker side because... Given half a chance, I could eat myself to death. I mean, that's dramatic, yeah. but I just want to emphasize, you know, mm. how much gluttony can creep into one's life. Yeah. Um, and so what I found is that, you know, my lifelong devotion to sugar, for instance, mm-hmm. um, is definitely reflecting in me physically and almost yeah. immediately when I imbibe it as an older menopausal woman. So you can't really eat sugar now without health implications? Without. So I know that when I eat sugar, I'm going to have pain in my knees and the joints of my toes. Wow, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So now I'm So that immediate pleasure gives way to... mm, So interesting. Yes. So, So, you know, the the exercise for me, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but the exercise Mm. of... My younger self, I mean, my older self feels so much pleasure in my younger self because my younger self is devoted. Nice, nice. So she wants to bring, she wants to bring you a good time, but she doesn't want you to pay for it afterwards. Like she's got your back by the sound of it. Yes, and then she and I are interchangeable because she becomes the older self at the same time as she is the new younger self, if yeah. that makes sense. It does, it does. And, I, you know, I, I share your 
fascination and desire and love of sugar, I have to admit. But I, I try and, um, I mean, I, I actually mostly eat ketogenic. And if I don't, I do find I have in, inflammatory flare-ups. So I have, I have to be quite careful with, with my diet personally. And it, but it's interesting that every now and again, it might be like, oh, I'd really love that. And so I have that. But I, possibly because I'm controlling, I'm quite controlled around my diet, that can like that can really burst out a little bit like an alcoholic. So I'll just have one drink and then, you know, you're binging for the next month. That really happens for me with sugar because I know I'm going to have to give it up again. Um, and so I'll, I'll really go overboard. And that doesn't feel pleasurable, does it? Like that initial satisfaction of, oh, I wouldn't mind that. Um, and then having it and just like, you know, kind of going overboard in some way, you know, that doesn't seem to give pleasure. So it's, it's interesting how that happens. It's interesting. But, you know, with your clients, with my writing, um, with your writing as well, and you're a fantastic writer, very readable and very evocative. But with our practices, um, I had... I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I it was Mother's Day uh, a weekend ago, hmm. and um, it's my first Mother's Day without my mum. Oh. Uh, so we've been having quite a few anniversaries. The first mm. year that she's not there for her birthday, um, mm. we've had Christmas without her for the first time. Now we've had Mother's Day without her, and um, I was just remembering my mum and thinking that she used to bang into me two things discipline and patience discipline mm. and patience well you know I just felt that as curtailing I felt that as so curtailing that I dashed yeah. to leave home at 16 years old yeah but now as an almost 62 year old woman I realized that that's the way of freedom and mm. she just used the wrong semantics for me what what do you think she could have said that would have made it doable um, I, I don't know what she could have said because I don't want to put words in her mouth except that I'm her daughter, very much so. And, you know, she very much encouraged me to think for myself. So what I have discovered, and I put my hand up and say, sorry, mum, I was wrong all mm. those decades, mm. um, was that with discipline and with patience comes a great deal of pleasure and a great deal of freedom. And the two things I have been pursuing my entire life, who knew? So interesting. So with discipline and with patience, is that like the live wire to pleasure for you? Yes. Yeah. I really love that. And I can really understand that. And um, for example, on, on the keto diet, if I'm disciplined and patient, what does begin to happen is um, I can only describe it as a sense of fire in my cells. Mm. When, when I'm when I when my metabolism is firing off fat and not sugar, I am alive. My brain is awake. My muscles are awake. It's really quite astounding to me, and so I can I can understand that. But before we close, because we're coming up to time, really. I also wanted to bring in perhaps a slightly different angle mm. because I 
I read a beautiful quote from David Dader the other day, which said something like, um, and I know people get really, really pissed about the gender politics and all the rest of it, because this is basically aimed towards women. Mm. But it does pan out, you know, I do see a, a lot of this in my clients and also in my own life. He said, take as a feminine being, whatever that means to you, take um, an hour a day where you do nothing but follow the whims of your body's desire. And I thought, you know what, I think I might put that in as a practice because I'm always doing bits here and there. What do I want? What do I want? Tuning in, kind of looking for the pleasure. But what if I just allocated an hour today, a day to completely letting go of any kind of discipline and patience and just going, okay, well, obviously, maybe I want a million dollars and I can't just have that right now, although maybe I could, but, you know, um, but maybe you know, giving an hour a day to just completely free floating um, feels like a really beautiful, pleasurable practice to me right now. So I was thinking of doing that, actually. Mm. Like, mm. for example, yesterday, the, the I tell you, my most favorite thing about Switzerland, and there's lots of them, is um, the light. And um, yesterday I was like, okay, I just want to take the car and I want to drive up into the mountains. And there's this there's this place where you come over this big hill and you can't see it, but you go over this hill and then the crest of the hill and then suddenly you've got the entire Swiss Alps in front of you. It's just like literally it makes me cry every time. It's so beautiful, you know. Mm. So I guess maybe that's a really gorgeous, pleasurable image to end on chairs unless you want to wrap it up with anything for no I think I think that's great I'm just imagining it having visited the Swiss Alps myself and Mm. for the first time just seeing the magnificence of them and feeling so Mm. insignificant and small but in a pleasurable way Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Well, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Look forward to speaking again. Yay!